Warning. The Surgeon General has determined that the sounds you're about to hear, that, that, that the sounds you're about to hear, can be devastating to your ear. ear, 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 ear. Episode 4, Season 1, you're listening to Like a Flamingo. It's the sound of me, Enzo Van Balen, and uh, this episode's a little bit different to previous episodes. We're going to be, uh, we've got a pre-recorded interview with Eric Hughes, Mr. Vapor Vinyl, Mr. Group by himself, CEO of Sly Vinyl, and my co-pilot in the delivery of Flamingo Funk, arguably Vaporwave's most sought-after release. Um, we're going to be giving you details about variants, the vinyl details, the tape details, the whens, the whys, the wherefores, the how many's, um, everything you could possibly want to know about Flamingo Funk and a little bit more about Eric and about our label. Um, I hope you enjoy the interview. Peace.
It's a special episode of Like a Flamingo. I'm pleased to say we're joined by Eric Hughes, who's a co-collaborator on the Flamingo Funk Project. It's great to have you on board this evening, Eric. Thank you. Happy to be here. So we're um, recording this interview via Skype. Um, amazing how technology can bring people together in different uh, continents at the same time. So, and also with us is Jay. Hello. So, Eric, um, yeah, like I said, it's great to have you. We've been talking about doing this podcast for quite a while now. And it's good timing because the, the release is, is shaping up nicely for next Saturday. How are you feeling about it? I'm super excited. I can't wait for people to see what we got in store here. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing people keep, I see people keep asking or commenting is, it's going to be a hell of an effort to, to match the first one or to go one better. And uh, I, I think we've done that. I think we will continue to one-up ourselves every time. That's a hell of a challenge to do each time, isn't it? But um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Eric? Because obviously we've got to know each other through the vapor vinyl community mainly, and obviously working together on things like the group buys and stuff. But yeah, like maybe talk, maybe tell us a little bit about Sly Vinyl because you're the CEO of that, aren't you? Sure. So uh, Sly Vinyl is an indie record label, and we're also uh, a music blog, slyvinyl.com. Uh, I started as a patron and kind of just worked my way up the ladder. Um, started got getting in on the blog side and um, kind of showed my mettle and showed that I had what it took to work the actual production side of actually making a product. And yeah. it's, it's a lot more than just saying, let's put X on vinyl and yes. make it happen. Yes. It so really much is. goes into it. What I would say about the stuff I've seen with your label is that you go the whole nine yards in terms of getting the aesthetics of it right. So it's not just about, like you said, just about sticking it on black vinyl with the plain sleeve. Like you really are into every level of making these things pretty spectacular. Yeah, we as a label are there for the fans. We we make things that vinyl buyers and vinyl collectors are going to want. Yeah. And uh, I think we always look at it. We always come at it from as a buyer perspective. And I think that we that, that allows us to take those extra risks <laughs> and and make those extra special things that make the record stand out from the rest. And we're always looking for new things. There's always new things available. There's new uh, record configurations. There's, there's yeah. new types of color combos. And, and these record plants that are finally getting some life breathed back into them are really starting to get some innovative stuff going. And yeah. it's, it's nice that this almost dying industry was able to get some life breathed back into it and and we're seeing it thrive again do you know i heard uh for the first time uh there's another i think there's i'm only aware of one plant in in the uk that's like fully functional up and running i may be wrong there but there's a place in london but i heard from the lady who runs the tape duplication service we use that she's aware of another one that's opening up so i think it is starting to like they can't have the existing plants can't handle the level of capacity that's coming their way there's so many people pressing vinyl these days that i think it's inevitable we're going to see a bit more like i think there's more room for the vinyl rebirth to continue to grow again 
I don't it's think a it's a good problem to have. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think it's shown any signs of flattening out or you know leveling out, as it were, which is which is great. And the same seems to be the case for tapes as well and cassettes. So. I think but yeah, that, I think that's that that's like something um, in the in the in the mainstream as well. Not only within um, small smaller communities like synthwave or the vaporwave community. Um, I think lots of um, lots of um, artists in the charts and you know kind of big pop artists and stuff are going back to having their stuff pressed on vinyl and even 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 cassettes too. Like um, bands like 1975 and stuff like that have like released lots of their albums on cassette and vinyl recently and stuff like that, which is probably creating a massive surge well then you've got things like record store day and then now we've got cassette store day on saturday so there's awareness i think in it but the the interesting stat i saw the other day was liam gallagher's last album on vinyl sold twenty-five thousand copies which was seen as huge and if you put that in context that that is a that is a very large run um but it's only 25 times what we pressed for flamingo funk volume one so it makes you wonder if you if you charted these things properly Wonder, I wonder, like I sincerely wonder, the level of digital sales and tapes, mini discs, and vinyl. Whether if you, on today's standards of sales, whether you could have charted something in the UK with a thousand vinyl, a few hundred tapes, and a few. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I I'm not sure how it's weighted these days, but those don't seem as um, dramatic numbers as I would have expected. But I suppose in the 80s, when Fleetwood Mac and stuff were releasing things like. 70s rumors and stuff that must have sold a million copies because it was the only option in those days wasn't it vinyl really tape wasn't that big then i don't think uh it's just interesting because we are now at a point in time where almost every option is a choice so yeah Mm. you could you could look back to the 70s and say okay what were vinyl sales looking like then but of course that's all that was going on i mean you know there were other there were of course competing forms of, of physical mm. media as well but it, it's it's hard to compare because now with digital downloads cds which let's be honest are on the way out um mm. it, it's interesting that we have these niche formats coming back yeah well how weird that cds dying and yet mini discs uh, on a very niche level are making a comeback it's, it's strange and cassettes like you know, CDs superior in every way to cassette in 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 that in, in in an audio sense, and yet that's the one that's dying, ironically. You know, and and older, less um, like mini discs, for example. Very strange. They don't even create new stock of them, so we're basically using a finite pile of mini discs to produce these albums when they run out, unless we can persuade, you know, Sony that there's demand, we won't have any more, and it'll just you know it'll just dry up. That's an interesting take. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that maybe they'll start they'll start making them again. But I guess people probably what people really want to know um, is um, how the lineups looking for the new album and and how um, you know w- what kind of formats we're going to be putting it out on this week. Because actually at this point we've not really um, we've only published a few of the tracks. So I think this this podcast what I was, and this this interview what I was hoping to do is maybe we could pick a few of the tracks that that we've we've pulled together for it. And uh, yeah, I mean I've got the I've got the track list open like right now, and it's wild. It's amazing. Just scrolling through all the artists that are um, that that are involved this year is crazy. Yeah, want to yeah, drop yeah, it now. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, it's hard. The last week before release is quite exciting because you're still finalising stuff. And obviously with Cassette Store Day, we, we literally just got the tapes in. And, uh, you know, 
putting the last little strands together for the release. I suppose we can start by saying that we're going to make it, what we decided to do this year is to make it available on Friday night UK time at midnight. So midnight into Saturday morning. So it's part of Cassette Store Day itself. So it's a slightly late night for people based in, in the UK and Europe, but um, it seemed the best way to be part of Cassette Store Day itself. So in terms of the, the variants for uh, Flamingo Funk 2, because it's coming out for Cassette Store Day, so we've got a cassette release. But in terms of the vinyl, um, we've gone, Eric and I, we've been working quite hard this week for the configurations. Um, so we're going with 500 uh, copies in a transparent and orange splatter. So the, the, if you wanted to see, imagine what that looks like. So we will be we will be posting some uh, mock-ups of, of it, obviously, in the next couple of days. But if you look back at the Future Cop record that we did on Time Slave Recordings, it's quite similar to that. And that looked absolutely amazing. So if you want a taster for how that comes out, I know people are pretty familiar with splatter vinyls at this point anyway. Um, we're also going to do 300 in a virgin black vinyl, which is 180 grams. Um, and there's going to be an alternative version. So you guys, um, we, we had this problem uh, with the mini disc. It's a capacity of 80 minutes and the album's longer than that. So what we've done is we've got the artist, Victor Arche, to design an alternative, uh, like a colorway for it. So we've got a white version and a black version. So we're going to do one pressing of the vinyl in this alternative artwork, which we haven't put out there yet. And that is going to look amazing. That's going to be on a gold vinyl with a blue splatter and it just looks absolutely stunning. So I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, Eric, you, I, I was hoping, I mean, you, this is this is where your expertise really comes in on here. In terms of bringing out the color options that we had, like, I don't know what you think about the what the way we've gone in the end, in terms of how people will receive this, do you think? Because you know the Vapor Vinyl crew pretty well. Oh, people are gonna be psyched. These, these just, they look killer and as much as volume one looked good, yeah. these just honestly look better. Yeah, I think so. I think Victor's upped himself with the art as well. And it's nice that we kept that theme. So it feels like it's part of the same family um, of albums and it, it looks amazing. I love the black version. So what I, I, the thing that worried me obviously is because you don't want people to end up having to pay, uh, like with the mini disc in particular now, with the capacity side of things, you don't want people to end up having to pay too much. But um, by doing an alternative, cover we've it's enabled us to have like a so the white version is basically like the future funk side is the the main stage it's the it's the party itself and it's kind of the concept we had last time with volume one whereas the black part the black side which is like the vaporwave side of things is the after party where things have gone a bit low tempo and it's a little bit darker in places and I think that it really comes across in the art it looks super stunning I think that people are going to be proper psyched for these um, we haven't really talked about the charity and stuff. We can talk about that a bit later on. Um, but yeah, so um, anything else on the release itself that we should mention at this point? Uh, I just think it's a, it was a, it was a, a as maybe Bob Ross would say, a, a happy little mistake that the mini disc ran over and forced the alternate cover <laughs> design. Yeah. And then yes. we were just sitting there looking at it and going, man. The vinyl needs this cover too. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think you're right. It's I think a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. Happy accidents, uh, the best kind, really. And the one thing that we haven't mentioned, and this was another question that we have, because obviously at the time when we did Flamingo Funk, there weren't so many vaporwave albums, classic or modern, that were 
on vinyl. And so the kind of uh, what a lot of people are asking us really is whether we've got new tracks on this one. So you've been helping me to to come up with the track listing again. I mean, there's no tracks on this album that have ever been on vinyl, right? As far as I can tell, we have either something that's the first time on vinyl. We have tracks where it's the first time it's been on physical anything. Yeah. And then on top of that, we have some tracks that will be making their very first debut as well. So yeah. what what more could you ask for? Well, why don't we play a couple of those tracks? Should we um, let's play a track? This is by Danger Falcon 1989. I think I've got the name right there. And this is a track called Ha Ha.
And that last track was Death's Dynamic Shroud, Strange Landscape. Off of their 2014 album, New Century Evangelist. Uh, this album has actually never been on any physical media whatsoever, so this track, first time physical debut. It's an amazing track as well. It's, um, yeah, this is what it's all about, I feel. It's, you managed to, we've managed to work with some of the biggest and best names in the scene, and they're putting together, that, like you said, they're either putting together nuggets, uh, which have been revisited and, and brought to physical releases for the first time, and obviously some of these tracks as well have never been heard before. And, the way you pulled together that side D, Eric, because um, obviously you led on the track listing for the Vaporwave side, and I think that that section, that side D on vinyl, has got to be a standalone piece, like like a movement in its own right. It's, it's incredible the way the, the tracks align. I think people are going to go mad for that. It, it While setting the track list, I did my best to make sure that everything was cohesive together, and I did it from the point of view of the vinyl version because yeah. I, I envisioned having to get up and turn over each disc to each side. So really each side to each disc, A, B, C, and D are, yeah. like you said, their own mm -hmm. movements. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's harder than, than you think because, you know, for a start, this music, this scene is quite diverse because there's a world away the difference between Strawberry Station and St. Pepsi's like sort of future funk upbeat stuff and the darker um, soundscapes people like Death's Dynamic Shroud are, are coming up with like and the way that we've managed I think both times now to, to pull together all those d disparate aspects of this scene um, in a way that I don't think alienates anyone is it, fantastic. It reminds me, I often use this method, um, I often make this point from my days when I was younger and I used to go to clubs in London and there were like, um, there was the jungle and the hardcore scenes and hardcore was a lot happier. And in the end, they got so far apart from each other that they, they, they couldn't have joint raves anymore. So they couldn't have events where people were listening to both styles. And I think that so far, the scene has managed to resist tearing itself into two. Did you, would you agree with that, Eric? Yeah, it, it, the scene itself, uh, and if you encompass both Vaporwave and all of the side genres as well, Future Funk and everything, everything under the sun, uh, yeah, it, just look at Electronicon. That in and, of, in and of itself shows that this is a scene that can coexist and cross over from each other. Yeah, and me and uh, me and Jay were at the first 100% Electronicon, and it was amazing. I mean, I, it was—I don't want to say life affirming, I don't want to overstretch it, but I mean, you think that Jerome and I, have, uh, Jay and I, we've flown across from the other side of the world to be at this event with very little expectation, or—and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, in the sense that we just did not know what to expect at all, like whether that's from the numbers of people or the type of people, and. It, it blew my mind how good it was and to see how far people had gone. And I mean, I, I wish we could be at the one. You're going to the one, maybe next week or in two weeks' time. Yeah, I'll be at number two in LA. Yeah, jealous, I mean, jealous of that. Yeah, man. And New York, what a city as well. We had such a good time. And we met we met people who, you know, th these are people whose names we've been putting on cassette mailers and vinyl mailers for the last year and a half. And it's just incredible yeah. to put 
to put faces to those names and to, to actually chill out and have a, a beer with them and, you know, to sort of be part of this history. And I feel like you're going to get the chance to do the same in a couple of weeks. I'm, again, jealous that we're not there. I wish you guys were there too. I wish I yeah. could have been at the first one. But yeah, uh, I, I you just wonder you if you do meet with George, um, if you get the chance to chat to him, you've got to get him to think about doing one in Europe. We would definitely help with the logistics of arranging something like that. But we've got to bring something big over here. Maybe that's maybe we've got to step up and, and organise something like that. Who knows? It's something to consider. We've been talking about this a while. We've been working. We did we did an event in well, we supported Groove Horizons in a future funk night. And it was a lot smaller, but that was nice. That was a, that was a good uh, vibe there. The people and uh, the music was fantastic. And there is a scene here too, but it doesn't seem to be. It's not quite on the same scale, is it? Just needs to tap into it, I think. Or um, yeah, maybe maybe it's not quite on the same scale. I mean, I guess I guess um, uh, the US is such a is such a big um, place, and like quite quite a lot of people were happy to drive down from other states and stuff like that. Maybe we should need to, you know work on um, bringing some people, you know, because there are lots of fans in, in mainland Europe and in, and in, in the UK. I think um, we put a lot of planning into it. We might, we might be able to bring a lot of um, people. people yeah, make it, make it somewhere centrally accessible. And... Well, they've done it. I mean, yeah. the cat, cat system's going over. Uh, there are definitely people coming over from Europe to LA. For Is it in LA, the second one it is, isn't it? LA. Or yep. is it LA? Yeah. Yeah, so there's people travelling for it, and we travelled for it. It was it was amazing, and I, I just think the way they organised the show was fantastic. You know, there was a hell of a lot of people. It must have been over a thousand. The merch and stuff was outrageous. It's just a um, general good, good, good vibes as well. The whole thing. Just and the queue, know. the queue for St. Pepsi vinyl, man. Oh it's dear. I hope. Wait, I suppose Eric, you probably already got your all the St. Pepsi vinyl you want, right? Uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to actually have purchased Hit Vibes when it was for sale from. Uh... Uh, okay, from Car Park, yeah. Car Park, Car Park, yeah. yeah. Is it, is I it, actually is it... on the on the Sly Vinyl Record blog. I I wrote up a piece about it, and uh, they were ten bucks a piece at the time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's a promo. I remember. Basically... I remember encouraging my friends. I was like, "Hey, man, check this out. Check out this album. Buy a copy." And. Man. Yeah. The power if, of hindsight. If only, if only you had the power of hindsight, exactly. Yeah, gives you 2020 vision, as they say. Yeah, I mean, we I've been hunting for a, a fairly priced copy of Hit Vibes for some time, and we were so lucky because we got to chill out with Ryan um, the night before the gig in New York, and he actually had it's been promising us for a while that when we saw him, he'd give us copies, and he gave us both a copy of Hit Vibes, which was really cool of him, and signed them for us. It was, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing to chill out with him. He's a really nice guy. And really down to earth, and all of his friends were as well. They were, you know, they they, they looked after us. It was great. Yeah, super accommodating. Yeah, man. I've uh, I've I've met Ryan before. He, uh, you know, Skylar Spence came through Phoenix a, a year or two back and uh, got my stuff signed and chatted with him a little bit after the show. Yeah, he's yeah. a good guy. He is a good guy. Um, and we've got a same Pepsi track on the album. So, I need you loving me. The track from his uh, most recent album which has never been pressed or, or produced into any physical form so obviously we've got that track there he was featured in the first one as well with uh, Better um, I love this track I, I think it's it's, it's uh, as good as any anything this album feels to me as good as anything I really hope that 
uh, either we can or someone down the line compress this album to vinyl. It's so good. It's so good. And the more you listen to it, the better it gets. I think that I almost feel like the the, the, the success of Hit Vibes and its notoriety, in a sense, has stopped people from necessarily listening to his other albums, like Empire Building. Look at that as well. I mean, I, I listened to that more since we started, pre- you know, the, the project and pressing it. And I realised that that, you know, that is as good in my opinion, as hit vibes, it's as good as Late Night Delight, the ones that get the most, um, get talked about the most. But I wonder if it's because they've made it to vinyl now that they do get that kind of, um, uh, that press, if you know what I mean, that interest in those records is higher because there's a collector's market out there for their vinyl. There's the difference between a tried and true classic from an established artist. And even if it's an established artist, a brand new music is always a gamble. You never know. Especially yeah. after a hiatus. Well, he had a hiatus where he was doing stuff that you would, I think he wouldn't mind saying was more commercially angled. And uh, it's very much a departure of what he was doing. And they, he's come back and he's sort of revisited a, a much-loved um, alter ego of his. It's, it's great that St. Pepsi's back, I think. And it's good for the scene because he comes with a lot of interest and he gets eyes looking at the scene again and maybe, hopefully, keeps more and more people coming to shows. Hell yeah. You, you say commercially angled, uh, and while that's true, I, I would also say there's an aspect of being able to produce it live. Yeah. And you don't want to go to a show where they just hit play and stand there. No, and that's the difficulty with a lot of vaporwave and stuff. And I've seen synthwave, stuff. synthwave artists as well who are basically doing synth, uh, DJ sets mostly. It's tough. Uh, but he, yeah, What's he the plays- DJ God, one thing. Yeah, yeah. If you're mixing, if you're beat matching and doing something that that blends the music and, you know, rather than just pressing play, like you said, but then you say that. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, oh, my mind's gone blank suddenly now. Um, oh, British rap group, my God. Sorry, we're gonna have to cut this section. I messed this up. <laughs> what are they called? Um, job, job Seeker. Do you know this thing, John? Sleaford Mods. That's the one. Boom. I knew you were going to say. I knew you were going to say that. Actually, I don't know why I didn't just chime in straight straight, straight away. I, I, I can, like, so hang on, hang on. So I don't know if you've heard of um, the Sleaford Mods, Eric. So basically, they're like uh, Nottingham, UK-based. Uh, I suppose you'd call them rap group. Um, and the guy, when they do their live set, the guy literally, and he's unashamed in, in it, he, he holds pretty much like I'm doing right now. He holds his can of beer in one hand and he's got his Mac in front of him and he just presses the space bar and he puts the beats on and the other guy does all the work and he just nods. So I'm not, <laughs> that in itself has become uh, an unironic performance. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely become part of the, part, part of the, the gimmick though, isn't it? I guess we're digressing slightly, but the point we were making, or Eric was making, I think, yeah, Ryan can play the guitar and he sings, so... Yeah, adds a live element to it, which, you, which yeah. I guess you couldn't do with, like, with um, with, with uh, uh, heavily sample-based music. Well, it's certainly harder, it's certainly harder. Should we, um, should we play another couple of tracks from the album? Let's do it. Yes. Let's, um, let's track, this is uh, a new track from uh, Runners Club 95, uh, this has never been heard before. It's coming on an album that they're releasing with us in a couple of months' time, but this is effectively a world premiere. And um, this is a track called Good Time. Good 
like a flamingo.
that was Lagoon with Candy. Um, we've chatted about the uh, physical um, platforms it's coming out on um, and some of the artists involved. Maybe we should chat about the charities uh, that we've chosen this year. Yeah, sure. I mean, last year, people might remember, we raised uh, money for Our Barn, which is a charity that works with young adults with special needs. So they help um, people do activities like sport and stuff. They bring young people together. It's absolutely fantastic. Our little brother, Jacob, uh, attends there. And that's why it's such a sort of cord close to our hearts. And then the other charity was um, was T Haven, which is like a hospice helping kids dealing with like uh, terminal diagnoses, helping them to get a bit of a break and their parents to get a bit of a break and stuff. So we wanted to keep the same theme and, and look for causes that were close to our hearts. And so there's a charity, a really great charity that does some, some fantastic work in the UK called Mind. Um, and in particular, in Wales, there's Mind Cymru, which is the, the Welsh branch, basically. And their campaign is basically about you know, keeping going until everyone who has mental health issues has the support and the respect that they deserve. So it's a, a good cause. And we're going to give half of the money that we raise to them. Um, and this time, instead of just having a second charity, we're going to split the other half between a couple of charities that are close because we've now got an office. Uh, we're now based officially in Barry, and we wanted to give something back to some local charities. So including and the, the full list is going to be on the Bandcamp um, page itself. But we want to give some we're going to give some money to Barry Town United Football Club. have got a disabled side. So again, it's something with disabilities and helping people to take part in sport. And then also the Dogs Trust who do um, they rehome so many dogs in the area and um, yeah, I'm a sucker for dogs, man. I just think it's a great cause. I love them. So yeah, I think, you know, whatever cause also, you choose, it's really hard because there's so many competing causes, but I think yeah. the ones we've got a nice blend between national and uh, local stuff. So putting it back into the community near us where we're based, you know? Yeah, I think I think it's worth also mentioning that we're um, simultaneously um, going to be dropping the Future Sounds synthwave compilation uh, volume three at the same time. And um, this year we're also going to be donating the funds. Um, for both profits, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for the same charity. So it's kind of a combined effort for, from both of our labels at the same time. Yeah, Eric, you've probably got a, a, probably an interesting perspective on this. Do you think everyone knows that, I'm, I'm sure they do, but that My Pet Flamingo and Time Slave Recordings are sister labels? I would say a fair number, number would, but I wouldn't fault someone for not realizing that. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, so people who are aware of us, of us through Time Slave Recordings, because we did our first Vaporwave release was a, was Waterfront Dining and uh, Noise on Time Slave. And it was just, a, I was really getting into the music at the time. And my brother and I had the idea to, to try and dip our toes into it because we were playing more and more of it. And it's a great album. And it just, it spawned the whole thing, uh, the idea to set up the label. Um, and so yeah it kind of we've got these these series that we try to do each year and it's great it's a chance to get a platform for the artists that are directly members of our labels but also the people who we're able to work with so the people like you know with the work that you've done helping us to reach out to to some great names like if you look at flamingo funk one and two it reads like a who's who in the vaporwave scene i think I, i'm not aware of another compilation that pulls together such big names um are you is there another one i mean there's digital uh, on vinyl no the answer is no on vinyl 
there's a there's tons and tons and tons of compilations out there digitally though so it'd be hard to say but this is con this is a heavy hitter for sure so should we um should we tell people about some of the tracks on i don't know if you want to take us through some of the some of the artists you've got involved this time around eric no absolutely uh as some of you may remember volume one we had 23 tracks and yep. for volume two we have outdone ourselves we have 29 tracks and it could have been more it could have been more yeah we had to, yeah we had to pick we had to pick and choose good problem to have yeah always but over an hour and a half worth of music uh which of course forced us to split to the double mini disc but that's also going to be really cool in the end yeah, yeah. Kind of we a got happy, six, yeah, happy 16, 16 future funk tracks, 13 vaporwave tracks. Uh, and where to start? As you know, some of the ones we've already revealed, including St. Pepsi, huge. Yeah. Another great get. I don't, I don't, how do you have a who's who without yeah. the Pepsi? Yeah. Uh, obviously, we, we have other big ones like we've got Dan Mason. We've got a Dan Mason track that I think is exclusive. We have some up-and-comers, too, that are exciting to see. Uh, Strawberry Station. Yeah, Synchro Star. Synchro Star, absolutely. And then that's just the Future Funk side. On the Vaporwave side, we were super lucky to have landed a track from Luxury Elite. Um, we had attempted to get uh, a track from Lux on Volume 1, and... I, I, I think, think she was she, just coming out of hibernation, so yeah, I think we, she, she, spotted she, got, it, she like, got back to us saying, "Yeah, let's do this." But uh, I think it had been released already at that point. So, I think we were, uh, yeah, we, we'd already pressed, we'd already pressed send on the on the order, and all the track list was set at that point. But I think it was always in our minds then to have her on board for volume two, and it's an absolute crack over track. That album, you know, we talk about being on hiatus and a comeback. A bit like the way St. Pepsi's albums come back. They're both absolutely brilliant comebacks. If you can call it a comeback. Yeah, so this, this was fantastic. off of her uh, 2018 Prism. Album yeah. Prism. Yeah, so this will be the first. I don't think there's been any physical version of uh, not yet. anything off no, of that either. Not yet. I think she's working on cassettes, um, but I don't think there's anything. There's there, There's been no release of it in any physical format at this point. But yeah, Luxury Elite on the Vaporwave side. Who else, man? Um, oh, of course, Waterfront Dining. Uh, we, we've got some, again, some ones returning that were on Volume 1, too. Waterfront Dining and yeah, Vapor. Yeah, exclusive track on that as well. And Vapor, oh yeah. Runner's Club. Uh, but ones that I'm super excited to see brand new includes Enmesh and Death's Dynamic Shroud. Uh, the Whitewoods. I know you guys pressed a whole album, but uh, I don't think we had Whitewoods on Volume One, though, did we? I don't think so. No, no. And we met, we met um, Whitewoods at Electronicon. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that was brilliant. Again, it was just it's surreal because we got to chill out with um, with Kyle, aka um, uh, Synchro Star, and we we um, we met up with him a couple of days before the event, and then hung out with him mm -hmm. and his his girlfriend on the day, and. Uh, Partied right through till four or five in the morning when Jay fell asleep on a diner's table. <laughs> face face down at 5 a.m. Couldn't take it anymore. It was, uh, uh, yeah. That was a long day. That was an a awesome long day. but long day. Awesome day there. 
a long day. <laughs> I'm I'm preparing to go all out for for con two. I don't think you've got much choice, mate. It's going to be that good because I I mean by the time they finished the after party was starting. We we saw obviously Pad Channington had a, an amazing set. I don't have you seen the video? He's posted a video. What happens when you play the best track of all time? It's like this two or three minute length video and. Um, I think you could make a case for other tracks as well as this one, but he, he drops this track and you can just see how mad the place was. It was it was on it was on fire, and um, that's just how it felt. It just it, the energy just kept going all day. Like seeing that that Manhattan skyline when we were upstairs on the roof stage, it was just it was an incredible venue. I mean, Brooklyn is the place um, for this kind of thing. It was in, it was amazing. Um, again, we were watching, I um, we were watching Equip when the uh... When the, when the when the sun was setting, it was just ridiculous scenes, man. It was amazing. It was it was something else. Um, should we play a couple more tracks? You've, we've been kind of been through, and obviously not naming names. We don't want to just read through the list. It's going to be published in the next couple of days anyway. But um, anyone we haven't named, um, it's no no slight. We'll play a couple of tracks now. We have still got time to play a few more. Let's play uh, that new St. Pepsi track from the album. I need your love in me.
Market Flamingo. Strawberry Station with Get Up, Stand Up, and before that, St. Pepsi with I Need Your Love in Me. And I do want to give a shout out to Strawberry Station. Um, I don't know if you saw Eric, but we just dropped his uh, new album, 128 State, and it's an absolute banger. I absolutely love it. Um, we can't wait. We're working on a vinyl pressing for it now. We've also dropped the tape and the mini discs. Um, have you had a chance to check it out yet? Uh, I have. Uh, I, I wasn't able to get one of the mini discs, but it looks great. And I'm gonna, definitely going to pick up the vinyl when you guys get that going. 
Yeah, I think we're probably looking at doing that in the next six to eight weeks or so. The order's going in now this week, along with Tupperwave as well, because we dropped Tupperwave in the same way. Tape and mini-disc um, give us time to pull together projects. Obviously, it's been a lot of work we've been putting into Flamingo Funk 2 um, and a number of other releases. We've got a lot of cassette store day stuff coming up this Saturday, which we've um, been working really hard on. Uh, it's mad. It's a mad time. It's just it's, it's super busy. It really is. Well, I, I personally just can't believe the pace that, as a label, uh, you guys are keeping at, because just this release alone, all, everything that went into putting together Future Funk, Flamingo Funk Volume 2. Yeah. Uh, but you guys are coming out with releases left and right, and the fact well, that you forget. guys have done the... Oh, well, what? <laughs> no, I was going to say, don't forget, in, in the week that we've been doing this Flamingo Funk 2, we've also been doing Future Sounds three which is an identical project for synthwave so the last week has been absolutely intense like me and my my brother and i nearly jay you'll back me up here we've nearly come to blows metaphorically speaking at least it's high 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 pressure situation the the past um couple of weeks has been but i think we're just starting to get to a position now where we're um looking at it in the in the rear view mirror and uh, getting ready to drop everything so i think that's, got, a, that's a good feeling we basically moved the deadlines i mean you i've been working with you on this loads eric with the track listing for flamingo funk and like jill who does our tapes um and and our cds and stuff like she was she she was as flexible as she possibly could be given that the stuff's got to be turned around in time for cassette store day and we had this deadline last week of like 8 p.m to get all the files down so we had to upload stuff to dropbox and send it over i won't bore you with the details but basically the internet collapsed on us basically and we were supposed to be driving to london for um jay's kid and my nephew's first birthday on the saturday so we were supposed to leave that night and we did not leave till late. It was pretty stressful. I think my girlfriend's sick to death of hearing this album playing in the background as well. <laughs> I'm not sure she's as keen on this music as we are, but um, yeah, maybe it's not for everyone. But yeah, you learn a bit about yourself with that kind of pressure. Um, and it's good. You learn about how to handle pressure. I think you're right that we probably are, you know, we're pretty prolific in that sense, but there's so much good music. And I was we're just going to say, I was just gonna say, like, we're just we're just like drowning in like amazing albums. Like, what? Like, there's nothing else you, that we can do other than like fight, you know, get them all out. You know, like. Well, I think the other thing to remember is that when we first set it up, um, and you, you'll know this, Eric. This conversation comes up all the time on the Vapor Vinyl Sub, like dream pressings. So people are crying out for classic albums which have never been pressed. So there's that angle. So there's yeah. there's no shortage of classic albums that you could sort of um, come to agreements with artists to release. But then at the same time, all these great artists that we're working with, so people we've worked exceptionally closely with, like um, your likes of Waterfront Dining, Synchro Star, Lola Disco, Turnt Boy, you know, all these people, they're producing new music as well, which needs an outlet. And so we kind of um, have no choice but to keep running. Um, There's an appetite for it. Um, We definitely don't try to milk it. We just are blessed with an amazing wealth of music that we want to get out there and we'll keep doing it for as long as my sanity can can maintain the work you know yeah Hmm. but it's a dream job from a buyer's perspective i think you guys have been doing the right moves as a label in terms of 
how you release your merch and everything like that. So as a buyer, I can say thank you to that. And clearly that has drawn positive attention and you're drawing the attention of some of these larger artists too that are feeling comfortable to go mm-hmm. with you to, to release some of these big yeah pieces. yeah and i think that you can't like i think so i had uh obviously when we both went to new york it's quite a big trip for us to do you know jay's got a kid I've got a, a partner, you know, we, we've not long since You've moved got a dog. house. I've got a dog as well. I always, I always, I always drop that in. Um, yeah, I've got a dog to look after. You know, we've got a new house. We both moved recently and stuff. So it's quite a big thing to to get up and go to, on one of these trips. But I, it, honestly, it was the best thing we've done because there's all these people that we've worked with. And, and if we could have got out to LA for the show, it would have been great to catch up with you face to face as well. But you cannot put a price on meeting some of these people that you've worked with or just dealt with you know even as a point of view from a customer label point of view just meeting people and you can see into the whites of someone's eyes and you gain a different kind of level of your like relationship with them do you know what i mean um you can't you you, it's difficult because so much of this music's internet based um you know but developing relationships so when we got we were chilling out for a beer on the balcony in in ryan's place uh in brooklyn it was surreal you know, to get a chance to meet up with him. Obviously, he's one of the artists that got us interested in this music. So, you know, we just got to keep doing what we're doing, I think. Um, keep working hard. I think one of the most important things from our point of view is to try to make sure we're in a fortunate position where we can order stuff up front and not make people wait for pre-orders. I know not everyone's in that position. I understand that. Um, but I think that's really important. The only records that we ever put on pre-order are the Flamingo Funk ones because we're doing such a big quantity and because the money's going to charity, we want to make sure we press the right amount. And um, so that, you know, we try and keep the weights as short as possible on that. But I think pre-orders is probably was my biggest bugbear as a fan uh, buying records. It's, you know, ordering something and having to wait several months for it to, to, to ship, you know? Well, without naming names as well, yeah, there's not... just there's <laughs> just some business practices out there that while they are still producing quality material, once you have it in hand, yeah. uh, y- you end up with a six month turnaround time and it just doesn't seem appropriate. Am I allowed to say that I still haven't got my copy of Floral Shop? Or is that controversial? <laughs> <laughs> I did pick one up in the end from I think Vinyl Digital, but I'm still almost waiting for a bad, one. Almost a badge of honor at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm part of. I think it's almost rarer, perhaps, to be left on that list who doesn't have one. You know, from the original source. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it panned out in the end, but it's hard. But that, even that, even that, and I know we spoke about that um, earlier on before we were doing the the interview itself. Like, you know, it's hard putting together a project like that and. I think that's another reason why for us we don't like to do pre-orders because things can go wrong with a project and if you've taken money for something and then you know there's a delay at the pressing plant or there's a problem with something you know we've had boxes get damaged if you've already sold them what do you do then you know so um yeah it's 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 it's, it's tough but it's, it's the best job that i've ever had and i'm really fortunate i consider that we are really fortunate to be able to make this our full-time job now you know Hell yeah. I second that. Everything you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, would you guys say that splitting... Because 
you had time slaves up and running well before my yeah. pet flamingo. Yeah, yeah. And at some point you realized we need to spin off a, I don't know if you consider it a sub label or a sister label. Sister, or yeah. Sister yeah. label. So what what was the main, because obviously uh, you put noise out on yeah. time slave. Time slave, yeah. And then at, then you quickly said, you know what, we need we need a whole label. Yeah, I think we just realized it needed it needed a, a channel of its of its own. I think as soon as well, we put that. Exactly, and, and at that point, what was happening was Jay was getting more involved on a day to day basis, um, and so it we had the capacity to do a bit more. And I had suddenly all of this because it was initially was my was me who'd sort of took us down the road towards doing more Vaporwave. And obviously we're both into it massively now and we've both been producing it. Um, but I think it gave us a chance, if we created a new channel, it gave us a chance to explore that full, thr full throttle and didn't compromise the Synthwave label that Time Slave Recordings is, you know? And actually the idea for the label came, I was on holiday in Mexico with my girlfriend and we were on the beach and we were walking like walking and walking and suddenly there's this massive flock of flamingos flew past and we kept trying to get closer and closer and it was flying off and as i was stood there i was like do you know what i've had it i've got an idea like i was dying to get back to 3g or like wi-fi to tell my brother i'd had this idea and it was like right this is what we're doing now this is our next step and um that was like april 2018 so it's not actually even that long ago and in that 18 months we've done almost 40 releases it's just crazy. You look it's at it. It's a breakneck pace. It is, yeah. Most of the stuff's tapes. It's not all vinyl, but a lot of it is. I mean, I'm just look. I've got the the catalog numbers in front of me, and we've just put some orders in. We're actually now we've just put in an order for MPF 054. Wow, it's madness. It's <laughs> almost one a week. It's one a fortnight. And they're great. I, I I stand by every single release that we put out. I think they're all great and they're all interesting and they're all worthwhile. You guys have pressed some items, then you've also decided to do, uh, you know, select things off of other labels like the Ikari release. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we, and we did something with VHS Dreams as well, um, his early Vaporwave album. The North so, Point Mall. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we've got involved in sort of licensing the odd thing as well, and helping out some labels who are looking to shift, you know, some copies of theirs because we can help people with European distribution, and that's something we need to work at in the future. I think is trying to come up with some American distribution to help. Um, a lot of our customers are paying international shipping rates, um, and I stand by the fact that in terms of the distance that our records are going, I think we I definitely think we're among the cheapest for, for shipping, but it's an undeniable fact that shipping from the UK to America with insurance and tracking is an expensive thing. So that's probably the hardest thing is packaging. You know, I hear so much about you guys and I, I receive it sometimes in, in whiplash mailers, but you can't get them here. And if you buy anything that costs more than 15, 20 pounds, you get slapped with a massive import tax. So it's really hard to import stuff like that. Um, but I guess that's just one of those issues of having an international business, you know? Yeah. If anyone knows anywhere in the UK, Whiplash mailers, we will we will buy them instantly. Yeah, man. 
I was going to say, as a vinyl record label owner and the one who actually does all the shipping as well for us, I do all the packing, uh, I'm always on the lookout for what's the best material. I, I, I try to do it from a point of view as how do I want to receive this record? And yeah, like you said, you're, you're, you, sometimes there's just things that aren't available. Um, even in from country to country, sometimes you'll notice yeah. uh, there's just not the same type of supplies available. Yeah, absolutely. And we've listened to feedback because in the first instance, we used to just send them out in the, the mailers as they were. And then we started and we invested in like reinforced cardboard stiffeners and stuff just to give it a bit more of a protection. We ship everything outside of the sleeve and except for when it's shrink wrapped because people don't want the ring damage and stuff. Um, it's tough. I think that is probably the logistical side of things is probably the hardest thing that you don't realize is going to be a problem until you do it. Um, you don't realize how hard it's going to be. And we made the mistake with the first ever vinyl release we did on Time Slave. I hadn't properly um, verified the shipping costs. I'd made an assumption and then it turned out that we lost a bit of our profit, quite a bit of it, on uh, mailing costs because we hadn't charged enough to people. But, you know, it's one of those things you live and learn by. And we've got new challenges coming because we don't know. I don't, let's not go down the road of politics, but Brexit might change how things are exported and imported in the future. So we've constantly got to keep those kind of things in mind as well because we're trying to get something pretty fragile across the world, you know? Yeah, so you might have to consider where you make maybe you produce some copies on one side and one copy yeah. on another and that way you're not importing and exporting yeah i think maybe, that's something we're going to look to in the future is, is distribution um maybe varied pressings like you said and we're looking at looking for partners because obviously the group buy thing from your point of view i bet that was logistically a, a lot of pressure with people asking you where your group buy was you've got to wait for us or other labels to get it to you and you've got to do all that individual mailing and you know you're doing it all for love. <laughs> you know, don't get much else out of it, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It's a fun little experiment, uh, and you know, it kind of just started on a couple releases that were international. Like there was that Haircuts for Men yeah. LP on prison tapes, and I was just shocked that it was still in stock. And then I asked myself, well, why haven't I bought it? And it's you know the shipping cost and. You, you, you start playing around in the band camp or wherever it's available and you can kind of start seeing like, well, if I order a couple copies, look at how much cheaper it costs. And yeah. then you start, then you just start thinking, okay, well I can, I can repackage. And, and then before you know it, you got 10 people on together and you're each buying a copy and, and you know, there's trust involved too. Um, I am just a guy on the internet, but at the same time I've got the, other record label that shows hey i know how to handle a record and uh yeah I, you can get a hold of me and we we can make things square and um but they, they were much loved the, the group buys I, I still people ask see, see people asking you when stuff comes well up. it just shows it just shows how much shipping impacts someone's ability to get the records yeah yeah it really and, does when you're shipping something across the pond and shipping is more than the LP, it really burns. 100%, 100%.
So Eric, I don't know if before we wrap up, you want to, it's probably worth going over the details again, because over the next week or so, um, between now and, and release itself, we're going to be doing a previewing a few more tracks uh, on our YouTube channel. Um, we're going to do the reveal for the vinyl variants as well, which we're going to publish on Wednesday. So check out our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and stuff, and no doubt the, the vinyl, Vapor Vinyl subreddit as well. So we can make uh, people aware of what they actually look like. I think that's going to be pretty exciting. I can't um, wait for people to see these. Yeah, man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like if the feeling when you when when you um when this when the merch starts arriving and you just know it's going to blow people's minds. I just can't wait. So probably worth just making clear so that there's no confusion. Um, we're going to be dropping the album for purchase. Uh, all variants will be at midnight Friday night into Saturday morning, which is the 12th. And that's UK time. So it'll be at midnight plus one minute um, on the Saturday morning UK time. So the 12th of October. So we'll drop all variants. Um, again, Wednesday will be showing people what they're going to look like so you can get a bit of a taste for it. And we're going to be doing a live stream um, of the album itself, uh, basically a full track list reveal later in the week, but we'll keep people posted on that as as that progresses. Um, can I also, just, just while we're here, just a little shout out to Cassette Store Day itself, because tapes, I think the cassette culture has been a big part of the scene since it started, and we've got- 100%. And we've got three releases because we, 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 we always try and play as much of a part in this as we can. It's not quite as big as Record Store Day yet, but it's growing every year. And we've got three releases on My Pet Flamingo. Um, we've got an amazing Luxury Elite tape. Um, we've got the Donor Lens album. And then we've obviously got Flamingo Funk 2. And um, all of those will be dropping on Saturday at the same time. Um, so it's going to be a busy day. So we'll, we'll make sure that everyone's aware of what we're releasing so you can have a good thing because that's going to be a mad dash to grab in the shopping cart and make sure that you've got everything because the donor lens album also includes a mini disc and a vinyl variant so that stuff's all coming out next saturday as well so it's going to be busy 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 can't wait yeah man so any, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up nah this has been brilliant uh i'd love to do this again with you guys anytime soon yeah 100 percent, man. Yeah, just make that. it more of a regular thing we've been talking about doing the podcast more regularly for quite a while um and uh, we'll, we'll have to, yeah, just uh, I look forward to to going through the release itself. Um, and uh, perhaps we'll do a post-release podcast. Um, we can play a few more of the tracks. Should we just, uh, should we finish up with uh, tracks from Synchro Start and Waterfront Dining, I think. And uh, yeah, thanks, Eric. Thanks for having you. Um, thanks, for, sorry. Thanks for having you. Thanks for having you. What the hell was that? <laughs> I think I've got I'm feeling like my own I went to that wedding yesterday I'm feeling my own kind of shade of um of jet lag stroke hungover I need an evening in the miracle lounge I think yes mate another Absolutely. little plug there yeah um okay well look thanks for coming on Eric we will definitely have to get together and do another podcast soon and um yeah can't wait for the release to drop don't miss it midnight UK time 12th of October Boom. Signing off.
Market Flamingo. Well, there you have it. Just about everything you could possibly need to know about Flamingo Funk Volume 2. Don't forget, we have got loads more in store for you on Cassette Store Day, which is October the 12th, Saturday, October the 12th. We'll be dropping all of our releases at midnight UK time. That's 4 p.m. Friday afternoon uh, PST. Um, and we're doing that because it's Cassette Store Day this Saturday and we are an official participating label um, in the UK celebration. So we have got three variants on the Flamingo Funk Volume 2. There's a white edition, an orange edition and a blue edition. We've also got Donor Lens's debut album Miracle Lounge, which is dropping at the same time. That will also be available on mini disc and vinyl. Once again, that's dropping at midnight on Saturday UK time. Uh, we've also got an extra special double album uh, on cassette by Luxury Elite, which is uh, a two-on-one effectively. It's uh, Rose Quartz and Blind Date combined together, beautiful art. That's an official Cassette Store Day release as well. And while I'm here, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to our sister label, Time Slave Recordings. We are dropping Future Sounds Volume 3 if you love uh, Flamingo Funk and you like Synthwave, you'll love Future Sounds, it's the same concept. 24 tracks from some of the biggest names in the Synthwave scenes, uh, including a number of our best artists from Time Slave Recordings itself. Um, and there's also a special release from the King of Dark Synth himself, Occult 89, the last piece in his uh, 
quadrilogy, I believe the word is. Anyway, plenty in store. And that is in case, because I often get accused of not giving the details clearly enough. Let's give it one more time. This is midnight UK, Saturday the 12th of October. That'll be 4 p.m. PST if you're in the States on the west side, I believe. Um, it really couldn't be any more simple than that. Just make sure you get there. We've got so many tapes, so much vinyl. We've got mini discs. We've got everything. See you on the other side. Like a flamingo.